Heyo, it's Alex. And Gabriel. And this is our third ever bonus episode. But this one's a little different to the last two. Like so many of our episodes, our interview with Deborah went for well over an hour and we had to decide how to fit everything together. But Deb is part of this really cool organization called Minorities and Shark Science. And we asked her a bit about it and some of the struggles she's faced as a Brazilian immigrant making her way in the academic field. Unfortunately, the academic and conservation world is often overpopulated with older white males and it's swept under the rug a bit. And as two white guys, this isn't really a topic we can talk about firsthand. Mm-hmm. So we thought it'd be a good idea to share Deb's experience in this bonus episode. So hopefully she can inspire some people and shed a bit more light on this issue. This is a bonus episode of Life on the Brink featuring Deborah Santos de Azevedo and Minorities in Shark Science. Let's talk about minorities in conservation, minorities in shark science um, groups. Can can you just give us a bit of a background first on what they are and, and, and what their purpose is? Yeah, so um, I'm part of MIS. I'm a member of MIS. It's Minorities in Shark Science. So it's a shark conservation um, organization that was founded um, recently by four amazing, amazing black female researchers. It's um, Amanda Weber Schultz, Carly Jackson, Jada Ellicott, and Jasmine Graham. They are basically these amazing marine scientists who saw that there was a lack of diversity in the field. Um, and so they just kind of came together, created this organization and brought like a bunch of girls, like hundreds of girls from around the world in connection to each other. And I'll just say the organization just basically believes in diversity in scientists and if there's a diversity in scientists, there's a diversity in innovation. And um, that creates diversity in thought. So, um, yeah, they basically founded the organization to promote um, inclusion in the field and to inspire women of color and women from diverse backgrounds to kind of push through barriers. And to be like, you know, if you're interested in shark research or just the marine field in general, you can do it, even though you're a female and a minority. Like, it's open to everyone. Cool. And so how did you become, I guess, how did you become a member? So I knew um, Carly Jackson because I had worked with her with field school um, a few times. And so I was basically just involved in field school and I saw that they had created the organization. And I just thought it was incredible because I also felt pretty lonely and different from everyone. Because, you know, being born in Brazil and coming here at three, I definitely had a little bit of a struggle where it's like I have this diverse Brazilian background but I'm, you know, being raised into an American um, environment. So it was definitely kind of like, who am I? Like, am I, do I see myself as an American or I see myself as a Brazilian? And there's definitely different views in conservation in the different countries. So Brazil has like a whole other different perspective in conservation where America, I believe, is very hands-on and they create regulations and there's just they're backed up by research. So um, having that in my mind and kind of like fighting who, like, who am I? Like, where do I come from? And just seeing this organization and seeing what the girls have created, I was like, this is amazing. I want to become a member. So there's like a form online and I filled it out and I've met so many amazing girls from that. It's it's the best thing that's ever happened. It feels like from, from my subjective experience um, <laughs> going through, you know, the, the, academic conservation world it seems like particularly in at sort of the top end of academia there's a huge lack of diversity in like any metric you can measure you know like wherever you look it's like particularly at the top when you're looking at the people who are 
leading fields who are supervising students. Like it's very, very uh, restricted diversity at the top there. Have, have you, did you experience the same thing in the States? Yes, I, I definitely did. I think specifically in the States, it's more of a like a uh, white male field, predominantly mm. white male. So I think from even being a female scientist is definitely hard sometimes because you can feel like your voice isn't being heard or, you know, what you find is just not as interesting or as important as other male researchers. I'm, I'm very thankful though, because, you know, beginning, I'm like such an early career scientist, like I'm still getting my bachelor's and I'm moving into the master's field. Um, I'm just very thankful to be kind of very active in this organization and just having this mindset and everyone is now because like, it's amazing. Everyone knows, like, you know, you have to promote diversity. You have to include people. And I just think that because it's becoming so aware now that moving forward, I'm going to have positive interactions with people and it'll make a big difference in my career. So I'm very grateful. That is something that's kind of beginning in my beginning stages of my career. Yeah. But just like certain things that I found that I kind of came, you know, had issues with were just, I want to say kind of more diversity and minority issue is that being born in Brazil and coming here and not being a U.S. citizen, there was definitely limitations in internships that I could do because Mm -hmm. um, I'd have to either leave the country or have like a U.S. citizenship to do certain internships. So there was definitely like a time in high school where I felt like following my dreams of becoming a marine biologist was close to being unreachable or impossible. Um, and I was like, man, no, I have friends that are studying abroad and going shark diving in Africa with great sharks, great white sharks. And I'm stuck here in South Florida. But little did I know there's so much here in South Florida. Like, I'm just so grateful to be in this area. But that's definitely one of the things that I had a little bit of trouble with is just kind of being like, well, I can't leave the country. So what can I do in my community here? Yeah, it's and it feels like something like shark science. It's it's a pretty competitive field to get into from what I've uh, learned just because there's so many people who want, who love sharks and want to do it. Yeah. Um, but, the, but that does mean that the barrier for entry is quite high, isn't it? Like you, you do need to have had quite a bit of experience before you do get a look in, in a lot of serious roles, don't you? Yep. Yeah, definitely. And I really think that it's such an amazing community that really, like even from my friend, Crystal Baseco sending me that, you know, career um, link for me to apply mm-hmm. to. And then that's how I met Hannah. And with Hannah, I basically got exposed to so many research and all this amazing experiences and, and just being her being a mentor to me. Hello, it's us. We're cutting in. And just want to give a little bit of background context to this, just in case you missed the last episode or you just need a little bit of a refresher. So this is all about how her friend sent her an ad on Craigslist for a Marine camp counselor job. And this actually led to her meeting Hannah, the head of the American Shark Conservancy in a Panera. (laughs) If only there was some way that you could hear that full story, though, before you listen to this part. If only. (laughs) Let's get into it. Um, I just really think it comes to like who you know and who you present yourself and how hard you work. And I think a lot of people kind of come in thinking that they're going to just jump in the water and start doing all this amazing like research. But it's really about first outreach. Like outreach is something that's so important that I think is sometimes overlooked in this field. That I just think that like you can be collecting all this data and you can be finding different species and all this stuff. But if you don't talk to the public about it and if you don't kind of 
talk to them in a way that they can understand and see how that's something that's impacting in their their level. It's impacting them directly. And I think it's something that a lot of people really have to work on. Definitely. It's um it's really cool to see like these organizations like Miss popping up. Yeah, it's really awesome. And I think it's very encouraging too as well. I mean, I just kind of look like at the girls and what they've done before. And it's just like, well, you know, if they can do that and it's opened so many doors for them and they're able to kind of stand out and the research is meaningful and people respect them, then I can do it too. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how long have you been part of Miss for now? I think it's been about a year now. And it's such a new organization, you know, within the last two years that it's founded, but I've met so many amazing people. Like I've met Jasmine Graham and we're actually working on um, writing a book about minorities and shark science and the different research that girls are doing from around the world. We're so like, they have so many different, we have like happy hour. So we'll do like happy hour zooms and stuff with different girls from around the world. So in short, such a short period of time, I think I've met so many people and created lasting relationships and stuff with them. Awesome. I mean, it's obviously hard to generalize experiences, but for people who are maybe a few years behind where you are now, sort of in that space of trying to break into uh, getting into shark research and shark science and coming from a minority background uh, or just any background where they feel like it's going to be harder for them to break through. Do you have any advice for them to, to see that through and to, to get to where they want to be? Yeah, I definitely want to say don't be afraid to reach out to the people that you look up to, especially in this field, and just someone that you really connect with. If you see a minority and she's like a female scientist and she's like working with NOAA or doing something amazing, like don't feel, you know, don't feel, what's the word? Like disheartened? Yeah, no, like don't feel like intimidated. That's Ah. the word. (laughs) Okay. Hey, we're cutting in one more time. Noah, it's the uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration over in the US. It's sort of their major, it's their big government organization for all of this sort of stuff. It's like for, for the Australians, yeah. it's sort of like the Bureau of Meteorology, but with a bunch more stuff added in on top. And it's one of the, the biggest scientific bodies behind anything to do with oceanographic stuff, atmospheric stuff, satellite mapping. It's just the whole nine yards. And yeah. And uh, we just wanted to prep you for something that's coming up next. So seniors at university. (laughs) We're back at the the American to Australian dictionary service, are we? (laughs) That's it. I had to look this one up myself because I couldn't quite remember. (laughs) So they're basically just fourth year students at university. Don't know why they don't just say fourth year students. (laughs) Who knows, man? Who knows? But yeah, usually last year, your undergrad degree, seniors. (laughs) and we'll get back into it i just want to say like don't feel intimidated to reach out to them to shoot them an email and be like look i just see the background that you came from you know you were born outside of the united states or you came from such a a small community and this is what amazing things that you're doing like i just want to hear more about how you got there and your experiences and i just even have like some friends who will text me and be like my friend wants to be a marine biologist can you give her a quick call and kind of tell her about like you know what you do and I'm like oh my gosh like I'm only a senior in college like I don't know much but <laughs> I just love that because it's like I just know that the struggles that I have gone through and I'm still going through and just to be able to reach out to someone and be like let me help you and like you don't have to go through things like this like 
I just definitely would say like, don't feel afraid to reach out to them and start small. I just think that marine conservation, there's so many issues. It's like worldwide. It's like a huge topic. And a lot of people think, okay, I'm going to go ahead and find a new shark species or I'm going to change this regulation and fisheries management and that's going to change the world. But what a lot of people don't think about is it starts with small impacts in your community. Going to commissioner's meeting, um, like FWC here in Florida, they're very active in, in talking to the public. So going to the commissioner's meeting, reaching out to nonprofits and volunteering and learning public speaking skills, I think is a great start. Um, this, this might cover some of the stuff you just, just said, but um, one, one of the questions we always ask is uh, if, if people want to learn more about great hammerheads or just uh, sharks, shark conservation in general or, or get involved, what, what, what would you recommend the best way is? I would definitely say you guys can check us out at americansharkconservancy.org. Um, shoot us an email. And I'm really big about kind of reading up and coming research papers. So if you want to learn more about like, what's the new, what do they find? Like what's the new migration pattern or something that they found in this field or different species, like definitely go on like googlescholar.com and you can search up new publications, new research. And if there is a special like, um, a researcher that you're interested in going on their website, on their lab and seeing the publications that they have. And yeah. And, and if you're a minority, you can do it. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter your background. Like as long as you know, you have a, you're very positive about it and you're hardworking, you can get that experience. You can be a Marine biologist. You can do anything you want to do because this country is amazing. And it's just the American dream. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, uh, I guess that's pretty much all we've got. But thank you so much for coming on. It's been been great talking to you. No problem. This has been so much fun. (laughs) This bonus episode of Life on the Brink was produced on the lands of the Turrbal, Yagara and Gurungai people. We pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging and acknowledge that the sovereignty over these lands has never been ceded. It always was and always will be Aboriginal land. A huge thanks to Deb for patching in from Florida. Deb's on Twitter at DiverDeb, that's Deb with two Bs, and Instagram at Deborah S. Azevedo, and Minorities in Shark Science, or M-I-S-S, or Miss, whatever you want to call it, are on Twitter and Instagram at Miss underscore Elasmo. We're back next week. I know, aren't we just the best? With another full episode featuring the Tuatara. And if you don't know what that is, think three-eyed lizard. <laughs> Give Life on the Brink a rating and review wherever you're listening to this if you haven't already because those ratings and reviews make a big difference to how many people see our podcast. We're on Instagram and Facebook at Life on the Brink Podcast or on Twitter at A Life on the Brink. Follow us on Instagram if you want to start submitting your own questions for us to ask in these interviews. There are 11 full episodes of Life on the Brink already out if you want to catch up on some you haven't heard yet or on lifeonthebrinkpodcast.com as well. Thanks to Angus Bazina for running that website. Thanks to Carl Morley for our theme music. And most of all, thanks to you for listening. See you next week. TTFN. Ta-ta for now. Beautiful. (laughs) 